You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Hi friends, this is Pastor Clay coming to you from the Canton United Methodist Church. And I just wanted to thank you for an awesome day of Camp Sunday worship. It was so good to be together. It was so much fun to be together. The kids did a great job singing and presenting worship. Um, and I just hope that you were inspired and fired up. Um, but just because of the way that the timing of the service worked, we had a time for about the five-minute version of my sermon. And the full version exists, and so I wanted to share that with you all uh, here in this quick video. And so let's go ahead and re-enter into today's message from the uh, Gospel of Matthew and from our camp curriculum, What's in a Name? Uh, this comes from day five, which is called What's in a Name? So let's go ahead and hear together our theme scripture, our focus scripture from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. And this is the Good News Translation. Just, uh, <clears throat> Jesus went into the territory near the town of Caesarea Philippi, where he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, while others say Jeremiah or another of the prophets. What about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Good for you, Simon, son of John, answered Jesus. For this truth did not come to you from any human being, but it was given to you directly by my Father in heaven. And so I tell you, Peter, you are a rock. And on this rock foundation I will build my church, and not even death will ever be able to overcome it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. <clears throat> Back when I was in this period of life, when I knew I was called to pastoral ministry in the church, but before I served the church, I thought that one of the hardest things of pastoral ministry was going to be the names. All the names. How could one person be expected to learn all those names and then always remember them and never forget one? And this is probably more of a me problem than it is a you problem, but I can't think of anything that I do that's more offensive than forgetting someone's name. And if you ever want proof of God's sense of humor, I said that in my sermon this morning. And then after church, one of our kids from Chi Alpha, whose name I couldn't remember, won our free camp scholarship. And so I had to ask her, what's your name? But like, don't get me wrong. I'm a person where you can call me whatever you want to call me. I can answer to pretty much anything. I don't get too hung up about it. But if I were to forget your name, like I did forget Shaylin's name this morning, I would be embarrassed and ashamed of myself. And so, because I knew this to be true about who I am as a person, I asked some mentoring pastors for the best hints and tricks of what they do to learn names of people in their congregations. And the answers I got back were probably what you would expect. 
The answer I got back was to repeat their name in conversation. Was to intentionally use their name in conversation so that it kind of forged that, that, that memory or to write it down and make the connection that way. One piece of advice that I received that stuck with me throughout all these years is to associate the name with the place in the sanctuary where the person sits and to make those connections and say, this face sits there and that face's name is, is this. And so if you ever find me in the sanctuary looking around during the week and talking to myself, please know that it is work-related, totally work-related. But I have to be honest with you. After serving under appointment for 11 years, I have come to learn that there are way scarier things in ministry than just the names. And there is no shame, like I had to do this morning, there is no shame in saying, I'm sorry, can you repeat your name? Because names are important. Names are important. Through time and in sacred spaces, names take on a meaning that go beyond their spoken syllables. See, names have a relational power. There is a relationship that forms when you learn someone's name. And eventually, as the relationship evolves and changes, the names you use can start to change. Like, for instance, I have a kid in my confirmation class, and I know her name. I know first, middle, and last. I can do the whole thing. I never forget it, but I so seldom use her actual name because she has a nickname, and that nickname is Goose. She's even saved in my phone as Goose, and it's something that I do not, I don't forget. Next year, when I confirm her when she's a freshman in high school, I feel like I'm going to have a hard time not saying, Goose, beloved child of God. Be confirmed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our scripture for today from Matthew's Gospel finds Jesus thinking about names finds Jesus checking in on the relational power that he has by checking in with those who are closest to him, the disciples. And Jesus checks in by asking a series of questions, asking them, who is it that the crowds say that I am? Is what I'm doing having an impact? And as they answer, the disciples throw out some names that are important. Some say you're John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and yet others Jeremiah or another one of the prophets. In their answer, the disciples put Jesus among the who's who of Israel's history and reveals to him the relational power that he has that now ranks him among the elite. What the disciples tell Jesus in that moment is that the ministry he is doing, the impact he is having, the life he is living, and the death he will eventually die is all 
testifying to the divine work that he is accomplishing. But then Jesus checks to see the relational power that he is having with those that are closest to him. He asks, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And it might be that Jesus is fishing for the answer. But he wanted to make sure that those who were closest to him were picking up on that which is most important to him. And Simon gets the answer right. Simon is right on the money when he says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Simon's answer takes Jesus to a new level of relational power. Simon's answer ascends Jesus from the who's who of Israel's history, takes Jesus to where he actually is and who he actually is. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of the living God, and that is the most important thing. All of the other names and all of the other attributes that we ascribe to Jesus are secondary to this one. He is the Messiah. And Simon, of all people, is the one who gets it. Simon, at least for the moment, gets it. And Jesus shows Simon the depth of the relational power that they now share by giving him a new name. Simon, you are a rock. You are a word in Greek that's pronounced kephos. Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. In that moment, Jesus blesses Simon Peter and makes a bold proclamation that will work out and unfold over time. And for his part, Simon Peter is wrestling with this expectation and wrestling with potential and wrestling through existing through his cycles of understanding and not, of getting it right and wrong, of learning, and failing, and growing. But what I find so interesting, and what cheers my heart, is that Jesus never looks back. And Jesus does not second-guess his decision. He never second-guesses the decision to speak destiny over Simon Peter. He gives Simon Peter a new name and sticks with it even as Simon Peter's triumphs and fumbles unfold. And through it all, Simon Peter is transformed into the solid foundation that Jesus foresaw. Through it all, Simon is made into the leader that the disciples and the early church needed. 
Through it all, he learns and grows in his knowledge and love of God. Through it all, Simon Peter leaves behind words that continue to inspire the church as we live out our lives of faith. Jesus used this imperfect person to change the world. Jesus used this imperfect person to inspire the faith of millions. On the day of Pentecost, when Simon Peter stands up to give his very first sermon, 3,000 people come to faith in Jesus Christ because of his words. In a vision not very long after that, Simon Peter is compelled by God to go and proclaim the gospel to Gentiles, which is an entirely new frontier for him and is what makes such an impact on us as many of us are Gentiles. What's interesting is that through Peter's ministry and the power of God, Jesus gives us a new name. And the good news for those of us who struggle with names is that it is all the same name. Jesus calls us beloved children of God. You are a beloved child of God. I am a beloved child of God. We are beloved children of God. And just as it is with Simon Peter's new name, Jesus doesn't think twice or regret giving it to us. With our mistakes and our successes, with our wins and with our losses, and with everything that makes us who we are, we are beloved children of God. And the reality of our lives is that we are sometimes like Simon Peter. There are times when we get it and times when we do not. This idea, this title, this new name of being a beloved child of God is something that we continue to learn and live into through the rest of our lives. And a lot in our lives will change and evolve and, 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 and start and, and stop. But one thing that never does is our belovedness. One thing that never changes is God's unconditional love for us. Once we acknowledge and once we accept this, we're still going to make mistakes. There is no getting around that. We will misunderstand and reject God. We will understand fully what God is asking of us and choose not to do those things. We will hurt one another without knowing it. And we will hurt one another knowing full well what we are doing. But we are still beloved children of God. And that doesn't mean that we do bad stuff because God loves us anyway. No, it means that we have a relational power with Jesus. We are grateful for the love that he has shown, and so we strive to do good and be like Jesus. 
we follow after the Messiah, the Son of the living God. We grow in our relational power with Jesus, and we grow closer to him in all ways. Even if we forget the names of those that are around us, we still know something about them. And even when we struggle to know who we are, we know something about ourselves. In all that we are, in all that we have been, in all that we will be, we are beloved children of God. Would you pray with me? Risen and loving Jesus, we give you thanks for who you are. We give you thanks for the impact that you have on our lives and the impact that we learn through the life of Simon Peter. We claim our new name. We claim our belovedness. And we strive to be like you. Enable us to live as beloved children of God. And enable us to see those around us as beloved children of God. And let us be inspired to proclaim belovedness. With the same steadfastness that Jesus did over Simon Peter. Let us proclaim belovedness over those around us and not think twice or regret it because it is true. We give you thanks for your love that lays claim to who we are. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe. Conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.